we believe we can find hope in the final 12-minute stretch of the game against Virginia Tech on Sunday. But was it something to build on, or was it just a fortunate stretch of game? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me as he does every week is our guy, Coach Pat Kilby, fresh off an 80-8 to victory in his own game. Yeah, you heard that score correct. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to help make sure you get your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, Pac, we find ourselves at midweek of a week where Carolina is in finals week. So they, praise Jesus, have a week off from playing games to stop and get some rest and get away from each other. They lost Sunday at Virginia Tech, have a week off, and then play Saturday versus Georgia Tech, finally back in the Smith Center. And so we're going to look at several things today. We're going to get into some buy-sell hold action about some statistical areas where the Tar Heels are troubling. We're going to go inside the coach's corner and ask Coach Kilby a couple questions about how he would handle some of the situations going on right now. But first... What we want to do is take a look at this final 12-minute stretch of the Virginia Tech game. Virginia Tech uh, was up 18 with 12 minutes left against North Carolina. And then with just over three minutes to go, Caleb Love got a little bit of a circus shot of a layup to fall off the top of the backboard to bring Carolina within three. He missed the free throw that would have made it two, and Carolina never got as close again. And I, I don't want to relitigate all of that. But the conversation we want to have right now is this. What did we see in that final 12 minute stretch against Virginia Tech that potentially forebodes a better, oh my word, Pac, I can't talk, that potentially forebodes a better future for Carolina? And most importantly, is it repeatable going forward? What do you think? Well, you know, the, the main thing I saw in the last 12 minutes was energy and effort was better, period. Yeah. And Yeah, I mean, just plain and simple. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, and I know that sounds basic, but, you know, they've been beat up. They It was their fifth game in a row on the road. And fifth game in 10 uh, – yeah, what do you think? Fifth game in 11 days. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, to me, in parts of the Indiana game and then a lot in this Virginia Tech game here until this, you know, 12-minute mark that we're talking about, we just looked lethargic, you know, we, we were kind of going through the motions and, you know, you finally saw some competitive spirit from them. So to me, that's repeatable. I mean, that's the way that should be a non-negotiable. Uh, but then some other things that we saw was, you know, we were attacking offensively and I don't know that there was a time that we've attacked like that offensively all year. And you saw the benefit of it, right? We were getting better looks. We were getting to the free throw line. We were finishing around the rim. Yeah. And those are things that they they should be repeatable, you know. But <laughs> sometimes, which oddly enough, with a veteran group, 
we've had really bad shot selection and we haven't been real patient and we've, you know, done some crazy things offensively. So um, I think it's repeatable. It should be repeatable. Will they actually do it? You know, who knows? And then, you know, obviously we got some contribute contribution from the bench. Yeah. Um, guys were stepping up and scoring off the bench in a, in a big way. And um, that, you know, obviously when, when we, when we get that, that helps a ton. And that's kind of something we expected, or at least I expected um, that we hadn't really seen up until that point. So yeah. hopefully yeah. that's something that sticks. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, 16 bench points, uh, I think ties a season high, if I remember correctly, from either the Wilmington game or College of Charleston game. I'd I'd look back. But anyway, it's right at or near. And that's even with uh, a guy who's been one of the first couple off the bench, DeMarco Dunn, out for a couple weeks with a broken hand. Not to mention, this is also happening with Armando Baycott on the bench, and we'll unpack that in a little bit. I love what you said, Pack, about shot selection, because... Um, especially because the, those shots aren't falling. That's the thing. It's like, sometimes you can, you can be okay with bad shots. It's like, Oh no, no, no. Oh, it went in. Okay. Yay. Way to go. But when the shots aren't falling as they aren't right now, getting to the rim is the best thing you can do, whether that's finishing at the rim or, um, forcing Virginia tech or whomever your opponent is into getting you to the line with foul troubles. And that's what Carolina has been able to do pretty well consistently this year and is shooting around that 75% mark as a team. So if you're Mm -hmm. shooting woefully lower than you should be from the three-point line, which we'll talk about in a little bit, getting to the free throw line is is the best medicine for this team in a lot of ways. Um, And so, yeah, I I also love the intensity that I saw. I thought the, the intensity started as it often does on the defensive side of the ball. Not, I mean, that makes it sound like football on defense, I should say, um, because that's where you set the tone and your defense translates into offense. And I thought that's what mm-hmm. Carolina started to do better. And quite frankly, I thought the guy leading the charge on that was freshman Seth Trimble and um, multiple individual plays, multiple team plays to help that become a reality down the stretch there. Um, and, and I thought what was so important about this, one of the things you can say about this four-game losing streak is that unlike last season when Carolina was having their November, December, January troubles, they were getting blitzed in those games, multiple 20-point losses. Carolina has not done that this season, right? They, they've been able to keep those losses under 20 points, under 15. I think the worst loss might have been, was it this eight eight point loss? Anyway, none of them are 20 or above. Um, when you look back at it, well, I think it was probably the Indiana game was the worst. Yeah, a 12 point <laughs> loss to Indiana is the worst loss of the season. Um, and so th- to that point, you like in a game where Carolina could have gotten just run over, run over, like easily it could have gone when it was 18. I wouldn't have thought twice about it if it had gotten up to 25, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that that not only did they not get blitz, but they made a game of it, massive. And I think a really important thing going forward. And so my question then, Pac, I know we're about to do a whole buy, sell, hold section, but are you the, the performance we saw in that final 12 minutes, are you buying it? Are you selling it? Or are you holding on it? I'm holding on it. I, I just haven't seen enough to Agreed. say buy or sell yet. Yeah. Um, I think it's something to build on. 
but this team's also shown me that they can be a little inconsistent. So I just kind of want to hold on it and see, yep. Yep. see maybe if we turn a corner or or not, you know. But I do want to go back real quick to something. You, um, you know, you kind of talked about where you felt like the defense was creating, you know, offense for us. And one of the things about basketball is it's such a complimentary game, right? Like mm. on the flip side of that, like when you're scoring the basketball and when you're attacking and when you're getting to the free throw line, it makes it a lot easier to go to the other end and play defense, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and they just complement each other so well. So, yeah, you're, I mean, you nailed it on the head, you know, when we're attacking and when we're aggressive and we're getting good looks and we're getting to the free throw line, it's easier to guard. And when we're guarding well, we're attacking. And so, I mean, it's just a complimentary game, but if we can find that fine line, you know, where we can do that consistently, then man, we could, we could really be a dangerous team and, and be the team that we thought we were going to see. Absolutely. And I, I think that is all in front of the Tar Heels right now still. Um, like probably a number one seed is gone because you just, with the weakness of the ACC this year, you don't have a ton of like quad one victory opportunities ahead of you. In fact, I believe it's just six as of what I looked at where, where teams are at today. But mm-hmm. Carolina has everything in front of them. Like keep going. The ACC is down. You have an opportunity to win a bunch of games and string a bunch together, but you got to find that consistency and you got to see if you can continue to do it with potentially having Armando Baycott and definitely having DeMarco Dunn on the bench for some length of time. A lot of that is going to be getting Jalen Washington into the mix because you got to have more of a front court presence. I think that is a massive part of what we need to see. Well, sometimes your eyes can watch the game in front of you and tell that a team is underperforming. But when the stats back it up, you know that there are issues. The Tar Heels are facing uh, several troubling numbers right now. And so just as we talked about with this 12-minute stretch, are we buying, selling, or holding several of those statistical issues? Pack and I are going to answer that question momentarily. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post. So why not give it a try? All you got to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to let everyone know that you're hiring. And then you can use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates you want to look for who have the right skill set and experience to help you determine who you want to interview and ultimately hire. You want to finish the year strong and the right new hire can help you do just that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So again, post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Well, on Monday's show pack, I discussed uh, a few troubling statistical trends that I had seen that point to the Tar Heels troubles so far in the first nine games of this season. They're all things that Carolina is usually good at these four statistical areas. I want us to unpack. And so we're going to look at those and discuss whether we're buying, selling, or holding. So let me give us the first one, and that is three-point shooting. Right now, as a team pack, 
Carolina is shooting under 30% from three, 29.2. Last year, the team finished at 35.8%. They made 8.4 threes a game. Right now, they're making just 5.8 threes a game. The guys you thought have to be the head of the snake on this, Caleb Love and RJ Davis, are both shooting 26.2%. Literally only one person on the team is shooting 40% or above, and that's just because it's Seth Trimble who's only taken and made one three-pointer right now. As a team, Carolina just has one game this season with double-digit made threes, and that was 11. Every other game this season has been in single digits. That's all the context to say, Pack. Are we buying that Carolina can get better from deep? Are we selling that this is just what Carolina is this year? Or are we holding because even though it's nine games in, it's still too early to tell? Well, I'm buying that they can get better because it can't get much worse. Uh, I want to know if they will. (laughs) Uh, If they will, I am. I'm buying. I'm buying. Um, Where's it going to come from? Well, RJ is going to be better. I, I really believe he's a consistent three-point threat. Um, and then I think over time and as this team grows and develops, our shot selection is going to get better as a yeah. whole, which is going to bump those numbers up. Uh, but one thing we've got to do is get more post touches, Yeah. period. You know, yeah. I'm not just talking about guards attacking, getting paint touches. I'm talking about that stretch against Indiana when Pete Nance was getting the ball with his back to the basket yes. and cooking and going to work. Yes. If we will let him do that more, that's what that's going to do is force the defense to help and to double. And we can pass out of that and get the right looks. Then our guards are essentially playing horse at that point, just catching feet, <laughs> knock like down. It. And we've just, I don't know why we're not doing it more or why we went away from it when we were playing Indiana. But if we will do that, will definitely improve. And so I'm buying that we will. I think Hubert and staff will make those adjustments, and I think the players will pick up on it. What about you? Uh, Man, I'm buying that they will get better. I'm selling that they'll get to where they were last year, if I can kind of hedge it in between those two things. I I mean, I think they'll get up above 30%. That's got to happen. But I I think just with what we're seeing, with not having – Listen, people have come back at me on this, but it's such a big deal not having Brady Manic, and it's causing more issues than I thought people than I think people thought it would do. Now, part of that too is that Caleb and RJ, like as you said, with shot selection, and they're just not hitting it. And we're going to talk more about that later as well. Um, I think Jalen Washington will be a help as he gets worked into the mix, which we're hopeful will happen either Saturday against Georgia Tech or next Tuesday uh, as they host the Citadel. Um, but guys just start got to start hitting shots and uh, that's, that's the long and short of it. But I, so I do think they'll get better. I'm buying that, but I'm selling that it'll get to last year's 35.8%. I'm just not seeing it with what this team is and what they've done. Second buy, sell, hold stat. I want to look at is the rebounding mm-hmm. Carolina started out the season, getting out rebounded in the first two games. And then I was like, you know what? They're trending in the right direction. Uh, won the rebounding battle in four straight games, including having two games of plus 16 on the glass. But Pack, it's fallen off the cliff since then. They've now been out-rebounded in three straight, so that would be Alabama, which is the number one rebounding team in the nation. And Carolina was right with them. That was a close one. In fact, they were leading the rebounding battle at the end of regulation. Um, that was Indiana, where they got blitzed. Um, 
And then this Virginia Tech game, they were out-rebounded by 14. Now, massive caveat, Armando Baycott's not playing that basketball game, right? So we, we have to mm-hmm. recognize that. But I don't know that he makes them plus 14 better to even out with Virginia Tech in that game. And so the question then, same question, are we buying that Carolina can get better and more consistent at winning the rebounding battle? Are we selling that that's just who they are this year? Or is it too early to tell? Are we holding? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to buy this also. Um, and, and here's the deal. Um, you know, number one, Baycott at some point is going to get back. He's going to be healthy and that's going to make a difference. Yep. But we're missing so many dang shots that the opponent's getting the rebound all the time. <laughs> and like I just, I bought that we were going to start shooting the ball better. So I, I, you know, I think that helps our rebounding numbers when shots are going in the basket. But one of the things that, that is concerning is um, we're pulling our bigs away from the basket offensively yes. a lot there with you our go. ball screens and um, with our handoffs. And so, you know, Baycott and Nance, they're not in there around the rim getting those second chances like what we are used to seeing as Carolina fans. So um, that is one thing that's that's hurt us and will continue to yep. uh, on rebounding. And yep. part of me says at this point, you know, it, it is what it is but I do think we will get better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately I think Carolina finishes the year in, on the plus in rebounding margin, mm-hmm. but it's not like what I'm going to sell that it's going to be margins we've seen in the past, like consistently year after year, even last year, Carolina is right at the top of division one in total rebounds per game, defensive rebounding per game, rebounding margin. And I just don't see that happening this year because of what you just said with um, how how the team is running the offense. Now, if they change some of that and aren't going through as much like high post handoff action or things like that, maybe some of that changes. Um, but I, I just don't, with what it is, it's been too inconsistent and nothing is showing me or telling me that this team can find that level of consistency. Now, Maybe Jalen Washington comes in and changes that dynamic in a big way. We'll have to wait and see on that. Number three, and we're going to hustle through these last two, Pack Points in the paint. How often could you say this about a North Carolina basketball team? North Carolina is allowing their opponents to average 34.4 points per game in the paint, while the Tar Heels are averaging 32.7 points per game in the paint. That's right. Carolina Tar Heels are averaging fewer points in the paint than their opponents on the season. Wow, that is crazy. And to wit, over the last three games, they've allowed at least 40 points in the paint. Alabama had 40, IU had 50, and Virginia Tech had 42. Buying that Carolina can get better, selling that it is what it is, or holding on it? Um, I'm buying. Uh, I think... You know, obviously, we, you know, we're going to attack more. We're going to get downhill more. Uh, and I think the a big a big point moving forward is we're going to get Bay Cotton and its touches around the basket. I mean, we just have to. Yep. And uh, so I, I think that, that adjustment gets made. So I'm buying. 100%. I'm right with you. I think we, we saw kind of the blueprint for that. Um, on Sunday against Virginia Tech, because it's not only just getting the ball into Baycott and Nance in the paint, it's also attacking. Remember, those points count, folks, uh, for points in the paint. It's not just about the bigs. It's about layups and things like that. And so that is the recipe. Get the ball to the rim. Those are just as efficient of shots as three-pointers. And then when defenses start sagging, and it's like, man, it's it's really crowded in there, that's when the kickouts start happening, and you get that better shot selection from three that we've been talking about. And so. 
I'm with you. I'm buying this. I think points in the paint. Carolina is going to start doing that. But in terms of allowing it, again, that goes back to shot selection too because bad shots leads to runouts um, and, and things of that nature. And so Carolina, that, that's also on them to take care of the ball and to have better post defense and man-to-man defense. I mean, just basically keep the man, keep the ball in front of you. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's easier said than done, but you hear my point. Final one we want to look at, assist percentage. Carolina is assisting on 39.3% of their made baskets this year. That's compared to last year's 54.1% and the last year of Roy Williams' career, 55.3%. The crazy thing, that was the average, 55.3%. Their high for a single game this year is less than that. This year's high of assist percentage in a single game is lower than two years ago's average. 54.8 is this year's high. That is blowing my mind when I realized that. In fact, in total, Carolina has more turnovers than assists, 104 to 95. And it's not like they've had a crazy overabundance of turnovers. There have been some really bad live ball ones, but they've they've never hit 20 and gotten really high. I think 14 might be the season high in turnovers. And so, Pack, final one, let's hit it and get out. Buying that Carolina will get better in assist percentage, selling because they are what they are, or are we holding? Uh, I'm going to buy this too, so I'm just buying all around. But I feel like, I mean, it, it can't get worse, you know, so it's got to go up. But I do think the ball movement will be better. I think uh, with post with post touches becoming more of a priority, um, that's going to increase our assist percentage. So, yeah, I'm buying. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it's funny. As we have these conversations, what you start to notice is that all of these things are intertwined and go together. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason it makes sense to buy them all is because it's like a rising tide raises all ships, right? That, that phrase where if Carolina – is getting better shots, if they're getting post touches, if they're attacking, then the assist numbers obviously go up because you're finding teammates in better positions because you're looking for them more so than getting my shots. And I think it, I think it all goes together. And so I'm kind of with you. It's like if I'm buying one, I kind of got to buy the whole bundle. I'm not just going to a la carte. I'm buying the whole dinner platter. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think this has no place to go, but up just like all my stock portfolios, please come on, go (laughs) up (laughs) economy. Uh, Folks, we're going to take you inside the coach's corner with our guy, coach pack Kilby and hear how a coach hangs onto his locker room through a situation like the one the Tar Heels are currently in. We're going to do that in a second, but first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there. Football to basketball, soccer, and esports, they got it all at betonline.net. Make sure you tune in to see what the line is for Carolina versus Georgia Tech on Saturday, and uh, maybe go ahead and take one on the heels and uh, hope that, that they'll get right. There's all they at Bet Online are always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, it's the coach's corner with Pack Kilby. I've got three questions for Coach Pack Kilby today. The first of this, the first of which is this: How much Pack of the four-game losing streak? can be attributed to external issues. Now, caveat, 
the team has to play better, regardless of how tired they are or anything else that's going on. I recognize that. Let's say that first and set it aside. Outside of playing, just straight up playing better, from, from being on the road, from being around your teammates, how much of the four-game losing streak can at least in some part be attributed to the external factors at play? Well, I'd say, I'd say a lot of it is, you know, and uh, a lot of times external factors affect team chemistry. And hmm. that's one thing I've noticed is the chemistry has not been what I anticipated it to be uh, because this group's been together so long. I thought it would be high, yeah. uh, but it's just not been. And I think a lot of it is external. You know, when you're on the road for whatever it was, what was it? You know, nine, ten straight days. Yeah, I mean, they left. They left uh, a couple days before Thanksgiving. Got home last Thursday. So yeah, I mean, over a week. Yeah, and so you know, you're on the road. You drop some games you probably shouldn't have. You're not sleeping in your own bed. You didn't get Thanksgiving with your family. Um, you're battling injuries, and so I mean, four, four overtime game to close that out. Four overtime game on the road at Assembly Hall, which Carolina never seems to play well there. It's a tough place to play, and Indiana's darn good. So um, I think a lot of it, you know, is is due to external factors, and um, a lot of it is, you know, that, that's the good thing is a lot of it's fixable. So it's frustrating in the moment, very frustrating, but I do think a lot of it's fixable. And I think now that we're back home and we're resting and the guys are probably taking a little bit of a break from each other and we're getting a chance to fix some issues in practice, you know, it's... You're getting to practice, for crying out loud. Finally, yeah, like, you, yeah. they've got no time to fix issues. Yeah, for sure. So, it's it's a big week for us right now. I think I think we're probably we're probably trending upwards right now, just being able to rest, sleep in our own bed, get some practice time, all that good stuff, so... Yeah, and I think so much of it goes back to the Iowa State game. I think you just put yourself behind the eight ball because of that loss. Because if you have that loss, you feel like there's not as much pressure to beat Alabama or Indiana or Virginia Tech, right? But because of losing to that team to start that stretch, that's where you really hurt yourself. And so here, here's the good news, though. Good news, though. All of these losses are right now quad one losses. And so that that's good. That's not going to ding you too much, but it puts a lot of pressure on the now just six remaining quad one games you have left, which starts with Ohio State a week from Saturday at MSG. And so uh, a lot of pressure there. But man, this is a veteran team with a with a coach that is not going to get down or discouraged. And that gives me some encouragement. Pack question in the coach's corner. Number two, in moments like this, as a coach, how do you keep from losing the locker room? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it's what you just said. You know, he's not going to be down. He's not going to be discouraged. A lot of times the team picks up on the attitude of their leader, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's on the floor or in practice or just in day-to-day -day life. Uh, if if Coach Davis and the staff is frustrated and they're over with it or through with it, then the <laughs> team will be, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think a lot of that is is encouraging because we know Hubert is he's, – he's already shown us with his personality and the way that he coaches is – He's going to bring it every day, and um, every day is another day to get better. And those are conversations you have, you know, with your team, and uh, you're constantly talking about, um, you know, like last year, Hubert used that Bible verse, you know, keeping your eyes straight ahead and, you know, just focusing on what's ahead of you. And I think a lot of those conversations are probably being had yeah. um, because a lot of the team's goals are still ahead of them, and a lot of things that are happening are not necessarily – 
um, problems outside of our control. They're problems within our control. And so, um, you know, you, you focus on those things, you fix them, you go to work every day and uh, just keep your head up and keep working. And, and when your head coach and your leaders have that mentality, then the players pick up on it and they follow suit. That's right. And, and you know, you don't, you don't lose your locker room that way. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it seems like the players really legitimate, like they don't think it's just hokey or some show that he's putting on. They, they believe it and buy into it. And, and I think that's so great because it's like you and I can sit here and say, listen, the ACC did the Tar Heels no favors by sending them to Indiana for the big 10 ACC challenge and then making them go straight to Blacksburg. Right. You and I can say that, but coach Davis is not going to make those types of excuses. He's going to say, yeah, we should be winning those basketball games. And I love it. And I'm here for it. Last question is what's going on with RJ Davis and Caleb Love shooting a mechanical issue or a mental issue or something else? It's a mental issue to me. I mean, and it's not mental in the fact like, Oh, I can't buy a basket. It's mental in the fact that, they're not taking good shots. They're, mm-hmm. they're taking selfish shots and they're, they're to the point now where they're forcing it. You know, it's like, Oh, I need the ball to go in the basket. I need the ball to go in the basket. So I'm going to just keep firing it up. You know, like, yeah, I think of the, the game, uh, the Alabama game, you know, Caleb had 36 shots. How many of those were good shots? Not very many, you know? Um, and to me, that's just, that's mental. That's forcing it. That's, mm. Not what I anticipated from him. Not what I anticipated yep. from RJ. Yeah, you know, our, especially after what they showed down the stretch of the NCAA tournament. So uh, I do expect that to improve. Yeah, I think they'll bounce back, and and they're a group too that's proved over time. They kind of feed off of being more the underdog, you know, and and having people question whether or not they're they're good enough or. Hey, you know, maybe this team isn't number one. Maybe they're not even top 25, you know. So I kind of expect them to bounce back from that. And um, like I said, you know, post touches and better shot selection and all those things, they go hand in hand. And I think that they will improve. But but right now it seems to be more of a mental issue to me. All right. Great stuff. In the coach's corner with Coach Pack Gilby. Great segment on today's show. But it is, unfortunately, the end of our show for <laughs> today you can follow us on twitter at locked on heels you can follow pack at coach underscore k23 you can follow me at isaac shade would love to have more in-depth conversation with you if you want to send the show an email locked on tar heels at gmail.com you can send us messages for the heel of the week or the heel of the week we're going to be rolling that out each and every week now And I want to ask you for your second listen of the day to give Locked On Sports today a try. It's the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Please also don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave some comments on what we got right and what we got wrong today, because we probably got a lot wrong. Uh, But most of all, we want to thank you for joining us on a Wednesday to hang out and talk Carolina sports with us. It means so much that you would give us part of your day. Hey, and it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, right? (laughs) You know it. Until tomorrow. Peace.